I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Are they all recording? No, not yet. Uh, I, whenever right, I get in front of the camera, I make inappropriate for you. Oh, right, God, he didn't tell me he was in a clap. <laughs> all right. Well, Thank you for the applause. We have just haven't even ended yet. <laughs> so welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Ben and I are here with Paul Johnson today. I said that right, right? Yeah. I knew that was your name. I was like, wait, do you ever just panic that you don't know somebody's name? <laughs> yeah. I when you know their name? And then I'm like, shit, 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 shit. Paul was the co-founder and former CEO of Seller Labs, which is a cloud-based tools for e-commerce businesses, and now the founder and CEO of a spin-off called uh, Snagshout. Yep. So we're going to talk about all of that Lots today. Lots of names. And guess what? Seller Labs. We're on Snagshout. camera today. We're getting all fancy Joe Rogan style. There's like multiple cameras too. It's not like one <laughs> camera. So you don't know where to look. I'm just going to keep looking at you. I just keep going like this and looking at his eyes and your eyes. You don't know what to do with my hands either. <laughs> do you? Keep it to yourself. How about that? <laughs> don't touch me with them. So this is how it goes, Paul. Sure. We just, yeah. We act Welcome balls and talk to Jurassic Park. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you want to start, Ben? What do you, you want got? to start? Yeah, I got some notes, but what I want to know. I mean, for one, I, like, is it SaaS? Is that what you'd call it? Yeah, SaaS, okay, software so like, as a service. So the half of this stuff I don't know anything about. Well, more than half, actually. 95.3% of it I know nothing about. What is Seller Labs, for starters? What yeah. did you guys do? Uh, I, I read some articles, read some stories. Give us the history there. Let me like go back a little bit before Seller Labs. So like my background is really in e-commerce. Okay. And uh, we've been doing e-commerce for like 11 years and then six or seven years ago we started seller labs and uh really it was just like a it started off as like our software for ourselves so we were running a big e-commerce operation we started doing software went to a conference out in seattle and uh, the conference was actually uh seoe and went to the conference and we know there was a bunch of vendors there selling different software for ebay and amazon sellers and we were like, okay, our software is actually really good compared to some of these that are out there on the market. Let's go ahead and put ours out on the market. And so we released our first tool. Software for e-commerce merchants, especially Amazon sellers, is more, it's closer to business to consumer than, than like a traditional B2B software. So if you're like a big enterprise and you're trying to sell it, it's like, so you sell the, the credit card stuff. Payment so you're, you're, you're kind of... It's not SaaS, but it's similar, right? Like you acquire a customer, it's very B2B. Mm-hmm. 
salesy so we have point of sales that we sell as SaaS and pass even so we do the the products the hardware and the software as a right. service so you're yeah so that's similar whereas like when you start selling to e-commerce sellers especially uh amazon merchants a lot of them are like really small one owner shops so you're almost doing like business to consumer marketing in a way um because like a lot of our, our customers a lot of them were paying like 20 dollars a month so the whole idea was to create a subscription-based type of service get that monthly recurring revenue man yeah and then so but to help yeah. smaller amazon retailers Yep. Okay. So yep. what exactly does it do for the retailers in this software? How so, is it so Seller Labs, Yeah, so Seller Labs was a was really like an umbrella company for lots of different software tools. So our first tool that we made was Feedback Genius. And Feedback Genius was whenever you buy something on Amazon, you get uh, you're able to communicate with the buyer through what's called their buyer seller messaging. Mm-hmm. So you guys have probably received spam from Amazon merchants every time you buy some mm-hmm. that was from us oh, oh right. that's great <laughs> so interview so, over now asshole yeah. <laughs> hey, so, yeah so basically uh, the idea was that we were running back in the day we actually used to buy stuff from the postal auction uh, and, it, and oh. we're from from Atlanta for Athens Georgia originally and in Atlanta Love everything Athens. that is lost in the mail in the entire world in the US Postal Service ends up in Atlanta and they auction it off every month. Really? Yeah, like everything, like gold, cell phones. Gets lost in the mail. Anything that gets lost ends up in Atlanta and every Wow. Yeah. Where how do I go to this website? I wanna see So it's online now, but it used to not be. It was like you had so when I first started it was all in person. Mm -hmm. And and so we would go down to these auctions and we like the first time we in Georgia in Georgia yeah so we live in Georgia let's see take a little bit step back I was I was hanging out with my business partner and before we were business partners and he was like hey I got I got like some uh, extra money I want to do something with it and I was like okay what do you want to do he's like well I have this book website and I I like books and and he's like you know a place we can buy books and I was like yeah I was reading this article online that says that all of the lost mail in Atlanta shows up or in the world shows up in Atlanta and they sell a ton of books there because obviously they ship a lot of books so I was like do you want to go and he was like yeah let's go so we went and they have this thing called a Gaylord which is a pallet with a huge box on it so if you go to the grocery store and they have like a thing of watermelons (laughs) it's that size okay and so that's a Gaylord and you could buy a Gaylord of books for like a thousand to two thousand bucks and we had no idea what they were worth. And we were like, what the freak? Like, what do we, do we buy this? Is it a bad idea? Is it a good idea? Buy one, see what's it. So, so the first time we went, we didn't buy anything because we were just like, like the, everything went so fast and we were like, this is crazy. And then the second time we went, we were like, all right, we gotta buy something. So we bought a pallet of books and we bought a pallet, we bought a, like a, a lot. It wasn't a pallet, but it was like a bunch of computers. Hmm. And and so we we bought those things and we started we started like scanning them in. And it turns out the books were worth like four grand. We paid like a thousand dollars for it, and the computers were worth like it's a solid return. You know, the computers were like it was like double our ROI on those, and those were like really easy to sell because we just put them on eBay mm-hmm. and sold them. And I don't know what question got us to this story, but but anyway, oh oh, I remember now. So one of the things they sold at the auction was what they called salvageable mixed media. So every single, every single DVD 
this was back before Netflix was really big mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Well, Netflix was big, but you, you got DVDs. Yeah. Every single DVD or video game that falls out of the case would end up there. And so we would buy uh, this this big giant tote and it would have like 10,000 disc inside <laughs> of it. And it would only be like a few hundred bucks. And we'd turn around and we'd list them on Amazon. We would always put in the notes on Amazon, this does not have the artwork. It comes in a yeah, unmarked, blank, case, unmarked or case or whatever. And we would always get negative reviews, feedback for it because they'd be like, didn't tell me it had this thing. And so we coded up this system where it was like a SKU based system. And basically anytime any of our, anytime any of our SKUs that were tagged for the salvageable mixed media came through, we would send an email and say, hey, you just ordered this thing. It does not come with the artwork. If you want to cancel your order, click here. Otherwise, it's coming to you without a case. And that like eliminated our feedback Issues. problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we, we like, we're like, oh, we have something really cool. We built this really flexible email system, basically, that would like pull in the data from your Amazon listing. It will pull in the tracking information and all this stuff. And then you could like make these rules to basically email your, your buyer. And then we went to this, the, so we had this thing and we, and we had a bunch of like back end. I mean, we had a system where you could literally like scan a book and it would like, you'd like, we, we had it so idiot proof you'd be like red, green, yellow based on the condition and it would like automatically price it and just do hmm. all this crazy stuff for you. And so we went to this conference in Seattle and we were like, oh, okay, like we got some cool stuff here. Like we need to sell software. And like, I always wanted to do software. So that was the e-commerce you were involved in was the book sales. Well, mm-hmm. man, we had so many e-commerce businesses. So just a little flipping almost like I mean, a flipping e-commerce business. It was millions of dollars in revenue towards the end of it. But huh, yeah, I mean, we bought, we, we were buying tractor trailer loads of books from Goodwill. Um, we were buying, um, we bought all of Fanatics overstocks. So Fanatics is the largest yep. sports thing. So we bought everything. From Even them. I know that. It was two two tractor trailer loads from them for only like twenty four thousand. It was like five hundred thousand dollars worth of holy crap merchandise. Um, we went to the postal auction every month and just I mean we'd spend a hundred thousand dollars at the postal auction. We ended up with a seventeen thousand square foot warehouse with like between the two businesses. So we had one that was the book thing was actually mostly my business partners business but i was helping run that and then we had like the everything else and that was really what i did okay. a lot of who was your business and partner his name was brandon check it brandon yeah brandon yeah oh, brandon. uh-huh so i love that this is in athens georgia i've been there yeah and yeah there's two things you need to know about athens georgia one that's where rem are from yep the band yep. great band from the 80s and 90s and two if you claim on those bulldogs that they have all over town the georgia bulldogs they don't like that. <laughs> Did you figure that out? I got, I got in trouble. <laughs> Get out my bulldog! I did not know. Yeah, I claimed on a bulldog. It's not like the bulldog over at Gonzaga where people take Was pictures on it. Of bulldogs? Yeah, they're protective we of their like bulldogs. Their bull- like I bulldogs. climbed over the seats at the last game. That's a big mm. no-no. Some 80-year-old bouncer lady comes down and tells me, you do that again, I'm going to have to throw you out. <laughs> I'm like... Really? <laughs> Athens is a cool what? city. I had a lot of fun there. Bars, restaurants. So really... what brought you up here? Oh, man. So I ended up selling uh, selling my stake in Seller Labs to Brandon, my okay. business partner. And um, kind of like, like a couple of things. Like basically my in-laws live in Tri-Cities, but I didn't want to move yeah, to Tri-Cities. Like, it's called well, the Tri-Cities for a reason. I mean, I like Tri-Cities okay, but I just wanted to be closer to like mountains. Yeah. and stuff yeah. like that and an airport like to be able to hop on an airplane easy 
And uh, yeah, there's no income tax in Washington State, which is awesome. Whereas Georgia, we have income tax. And uh, we knew that we wanted to have some land. And so we found cool. a 20 acre plot of land Sweet. out near Mount Spokane and with a nice house. North Sider. Yeah. I grew up in Green Bluff. Yeah, we're really close to Green Bluff. We're nice. like right in the prairie. Green cool. Prairie. Well, we'll talk later then where you guys are at now. Yeah. So yeah, we did that. And. Uh, Funny thing about the Bulldogs, actually, that you mentioned. So in Georgia, we have the Georgia Bulldogs. Here, there's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They're yeah. both G's. Yeah, both, both, both G. Yeah. So it's very, yeah, it's very confusing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Down there, they call it UGA, though, UGA, right? University yeah. of Georgia. Yeah. Well, it's a fun city, though. Bulldogs. Southern bells everywhere. Southern bells. That's why you like it. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth comes out. I was a much younger man, and I had some fun in that city. Oh, I nice. How, what were you in Athens for? What was your... So I actually lived in uh, Atlanta okay. for a little while. Buckhead. A little bit of everywhere. And uh, yeah, we just went down there for one weekend to hang Start out with party. some of the other coaches that were there. And we realized we liked it. And there was a lot of college kids. And we're like, let's... <laughs> I was only 21, 22 at the oh, time. Okay. So I was like, yeah, that's more my scene than Buckhead, where yeah, it's very sure. affluent and older. So, yeah. so we went there. If I'm, if I'm getting Stephen back on track here, freaking... We're just Georgia. talking, dude. I know. Stop, stop if, trying if, to reel me in. If, uh, hey, shh, quit, <laughs> quit talking. <laughs> this is how this podcast goes. We, we flip each other crap. Like, shut up now. So quit talking. You're talking too much. Is, is you were Seller Labs or the, uh, the well, I guess, the e-commerce Seller Labs was division. the name of the company. And then we had... But Seller Labs came out of the e-commerce ventures that you guys had going on oh yeah yeah end, yeah right? so we so had, had like different companies we had a company called check it books which was brandon check it's right and okay. we had another company called plug it which was i don't know why we call it plug it but oh here's why we call it plug it so the first one of the first things we bought at the postal auction besides the books <laughs> and other stuff was the cords for fifty dollars you oh can buy gosh. every charger and it's this huge tangled mess because we're like scrappy yeah, that like, sounds terrifying well, like i was like a really scrappy like young guy like had i had a couple kids already and i was like so, gotta make money right nobody wanted to buy the cords well in the cords you'd get like 60 dollar adapters and chargers so we'd untangle those things and you know turn 50 bucks into thousands of dollars that's crazy and then go scrap the extra copper that was left over or whatever oh yeah like, there's money in copper for yeah. sure oh, yeah. so it was great and and so we ended up like building this sophisticated system to like keep track of the inventory and, and hmm. do the email and and do everything and write software around it and and then um you know, but like the operation we ended up having like a seventeen thousand square foot warehouse and it was it was pretty big how many team members or was it just the two of you guys? no we had uh, between both businesses, there was probably like 40 or 50 yeah. people there. And it was a bunch of uh, like college kids in Athens. Yeah. And, uh, the, but it sucked because running a physical business, like with all the inventory, and we had no way, like when we would buy stuff, we had no way for inventory control. So mm. a lot of expensive items would just walk out the door. Well, yeah, it's Ooh. not like you've get, you're getting things with barcodes on it no. and you've got SKU numbers and things like that. You're literally just... Don't even know, you don't even know. You buy you buy a two thousand dollar lot of something at the auction. You're like, oh, I think there was a MacBook Pro in there. And then like later on, you're like, wait, where'd that MacBook Pro go? And mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it was it was a challenging oh, business. We had security cameras set up and everything, but that was the part that. It's beautiful it. though because there's money to be made in anything, right? It's kind yeah. of like American Pickers, but you guys just go to one location and find it all. It was like Storage Wars, mm-hmm. like, yeah, really, it basically, sounds like but it. better inventory. Like, so did you guys sell that company or say we're done with it? So Just... so that business was doing doing well and then we basically got g- going on the software side of things and started doing that. 
And um, man, a couple of things happened. Like one thing that happened around that time was that it was in 2013, like this idea of selling really changed. So basically in 2013, these guys names, a guy's name, I don't know what their names were, but they they had this course called Amazing Selling Machine. And they taught people how to like import stuff from China and build your own brand on Amazon. <laughs> and And they were like the first ones to do it. And when they did that, like, a bunch of people started doing that, and and actually, my Brandon's brother ended up had bought a company called Bear Paws, and they sold these meat fork things that you like pull barbecue with, and so like he owned his own like brand, and so we had been like these guys that would just resell everything, and we started seeing all these people like owning brands, like a couple of our friends started like launching stuff from China and everything, and all these people started like importing stuff from China, and we were like, wait a minute, and they were making like as much money or more than we were, and they were selling one SKU. Yeah, and you're like, this is easier. We're like, this is way easier, <laughs> this is better, and and um, and then Amazon has FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon, so they ship everything for you, oh, and geez. we were like, wait a minute, like, you don't have you don't to have a warehouse. Brand. Yeah. Or anything, right? And we had been sending stuff to Amazon a little bit, but it was like we were like, hold on, we like we can go to China and we can like like make a product and we can send it in. And so our whole business, like before that that business, I had I had done a, a, my first e-commerce business was a guitar business. We sold guitars online and we did all this stuff. And and that's just got the entrepreneurial bug. The, yep. Yeah, the whole thing was all about like buying inventory and flipping it. Though, like finding something that was in demand. And then like putting online and just flipping it and just flipping cash, right? Oh, cool. And then and then 2013, everything kind of changed. And that's when we launched Seller Labs. And the funny thing is, is that Feedback Genius, our first product, was we built it to solve our feedback problem for getting feedback for the for the CDs. Mm -hmm. But everyone started using it for product reviews. Because on Amazon you have like feedback for your account and then you have a product review on the product. And all these people that were launching their own brand. They could care less about their feedback on their seller account. They wanted their product to get tons of reviews because then it would rank five better. Stars. Just five yeah. stars, right? Yeah. And so everyone started using that. And, and then ASM, these guys were like selling this course for four grand or something like that. And they were like, I mean, they made like $30 million selling this course and they're still doing it now. And they brought in like tons of people and everyone started like buying our software because we had the best email tool. And so our revenue, like the first year, we, we closed the year at $4,000 a month in reoccurring revenue. The second year, we closed at, at 40000 And then the third year, we closed it at 400000 a month. A month. And That's crazy. It was like 10x like, growth. Boom, boom, So boom. one of the things Love we it. talk about a lot, and I think you and I have conversations on a weekly basis with people that don't understand how we're compensated, and we talk about recurring revenue, mm -hmm. and we talk about literally passive income, yep. right? Where you've set it up and you've got money coming in regardless of whether you lift a finger that month or not. And it, it's it's so so hard to build up, but once it's there and it's sustainable, mm -hmm. it's so rewarding, right? Yep. And so many people just don't see the don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They're like, yeah, but you gotta work hard to do that. And it's like, yeah, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. and your hard work was literally Claiming through shit and finding stuff yep. that you could sell, yep. which also sounds fun. Yeah, it was fun. Actually, actually. It was really fun. But there was some days where it was like the batteries and the cords. So batteries was the other one we saw. That a lot I of. would have lost my mind. Like we we were doing. We started in my garage, then and then I moved to a house with a basement, and then we got a four thousand square foot warehouse, and we got a seventeen thousand square foot warehouse. But when we were in my basement, that was the worst, because and Tavish, a guy that still works with me to this day, he ended up becoming a programmer. Um, he was 
freaking like freakishly strong and we'd bring in like hundreds of pounds of batteries and we'd like bring them in the garage carry them down the stairs to the basement like put them on our home depot shelves <laughs> that we had made like put them in our inventory system sell them carry them back up the stairs and give them to the ups man you know and that oh, was like gosh. that was the life right but like that was the amount of capital and that we had and yeah. we hadn't really discovered this really sexy idea of importing stuff from China yet yeah. as well. But So you had a few things that you had going on from a business standpoint, obviously, throughout the, the years prior to Spokane even. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of it prior to Spokane. And then you came here specifically for your wife and family to be closer, but also launched Snackshot here? Or well, did you okay, yeah, let, let's let's talk about that. So so basically this private label thing is what is what it got named at. So this idea of like importing stuff from China, mm -hmm. the, the name that everyone gave it was private label. And okay. everyone yeah. was using our software to get reviews. And I, at the beginning, I was answering the phone. I was doing support. And... A lot of people would would call up and they'd be like, "Hey, Paul, like your software is really great if I already have sales, but if I don't have um, any sales, like what do I do? Like how do I get my reviews? How do I get my product started?" And so I, I don't know. We were reading like an article or something, and there was somebody talking about like giving products away and asking people yeah. to write a review. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, let's build a software that does that. Let's build a platform that solves." this problem you're buying reviews essentially so yeah okay. so what we did was we built a platform where basically a consumer comes in and they register their amazon account and then they can get discounted or free products but they can't get their next product until they leave a product review and mm. and and that was like totally allowed in amazon's terms of service and everything they even had a program like that that i found out after we started thinking of the idea called vine they still have it to this day yeah and so and so basically like as long as you left an FCC disclaimer in there that uh, merchants, that the shopper has to like say that they got a deal, then it was like totally fine in, in, in there. And so we launched that in 2015 and that was Snackshout hmm. at Seller Labs and it it went crazy. Like like we had tons of people using it. We made, like that was what really got us to the $400,000 a month. That and Feedback Genius combined, hmm. like we, that thing grew like wildfire because all these guys were like launching new products and then they were just like you know doing tons of deals on our website and they would do like a 50% off deal 100% off deal or whatever mm -hmm. and then in 2016 so what happened was though we were always very transparent about it and the fact that we never let the the seller influence the review so we always told our our buyers that like they need to leave an honest review they they not weren't expected to leave a five-star review or anything like that but a bunch of other people started copying us and they would let you filter out who got your product based on the star rating that they Ooh. left on average and they'd be like and so they created this selection bias to where only people that left Ooh. five star reviews would get the deals wow and that's like some russian naughty. stuff right it was there, very bad yeah. it was very bad meddling in the election and yeah it was very bad right and so what happened was there was these two companies review meta and fake spot and they built these Chrome extensions and they started analyzing all the reviews on Amazon and they would look for the language like this, I got this for a discount or whatever. And they made this huge fuss in the PR to where um, they kind of like statistically showed that a 
ton of the reviews on Amazon were these discounted products. Hmm. And they showed that the average rating was like 4.3 on ones that weren't discounted. And it was like 4.7 on ones that were, which doesn't sound like that much. But when you look at statistics, that's like a huge variant. On huge and, and we started freaking out about that. We were like, oh man, we're going to get screwed. Like, Am- like Amazon's going to come down and like change Whoa. stuff. And so we started like getting ahead of it and we started like monitoring it. And we, we like, we were sending emails to our shoppers. We're like, you got to be honest. You, you can't leave. Five. And we were like making all this press and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and our review rate was like 4.4. So we were closer in line with like what an organic review was. Reality, yeah. yeah, with reality. But in 2016, Amazon, it was like the first day of Q4. It was October 2nd. I remember this very vividly because it sucked. Um, Amazon basically, they put out a press release because they had gotten tons of press on this. And they were like, we're ending the policy of allowing people to give away discounts in exchange for a review. And like anybody, if you're doing that, you're going to get suspended. Like Amazon's legal department, like sent us like letters saying like, you can't like do this. Like you're violating the policy. Bye bye business. Yeah. yeah, And so, and so we had like all this, you know, we had, we had hired up to like 50 people, but this was like 50 like programmers, like making a hundred thousand dollars a year and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know? So it was like really bad. And, um, and sucked. Like we were like, oh crap, what are we gonna do? So we had to like revamp the entire website to basically make it um, just their deals website. So it was like, there was no, like you st- people still needed sales for their Amazon products, mm-hmm. but we had to like redo it to where instead of it being about getting, um, getting a, like forcing people to leave a review, you were just letting people get a deal. And then you can ask them for a review, but there's no, Const- there's no like requirement yeah. and so that yeah. drastically quid quo pro quo yeah none thing, of that yeah. was there right because we wanted to comply with the policy and and the problem with that was it just the review rates just went in the tank we had we had like a 80 percent review rate before to where if somebody bought your product on our site there was an 80 percent chance that they would leave a review and it went to like 10 percent or, or oh, less wow. right wow. and so that just that just killed that side so of the our revenues business. you saw revenues decrease oh yeah, yeah totally and mm-hmm. i think that that's like I feel like as an entrepreneur, if you don't go through a couple of those, yeah. like you haven't, you write a passage. Yeah, you haven't like learned because yeah. you think you're like you think you're awesome. Like when you, I remember, I remember you can see some videos of me telling people that we were going to build like this billion dollar company and that we were going to change the world and mm-hmm. like my poop didn't stink and like the reality is like, I mean, we were in the right place at the right time. We had hustled and worked hard, but we also, you know, we got lucky too, right? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of gotten taming. It got pulled away. Well, there's two things I would take away from that. One, I'm really stoked that Amazon actually stepped in and sort yeah. of saw some shady dealings going on. And yeah. not that you guys were doing they anything, but obviously it. they were. And they said, no, we're, we're done here and this isn't okay anymore. And the second thing, just from all of this up to this point, I want to ask you a question, right? Yeah. And you've got to keep a straight face okay. when you answer. When someone comes to you and tells you that the American dream's dead and you can't make money, what do you think? What do you say? I think they're full of crap. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can totally do the American dream. Like, it's that's all I've done my whole life. Me too. It's, it's why I'm here. Like, I literally followed the American dream. I'm in the USA because I can make a really good living here. Mm-hmm. I can live the American dream. I'm from a different country. I'm able to build family, friends, network, community. And it just blows my mind that you've worked your ass off and so many different little ventures yep. and built revenue through the roof and people want to tell you that they can't make money and then you can't get ahead without the government's help and it pisses
pisses me off and that's not a political statement yeah. whatsoever both sides they well, just the victim yeah about the victim mentality right when it's like oh i can't do it i can't do like, this you were so, literally yes, you buying can. someone else's junk and selling it yep which is awesome <laughs> yep i get pissed off just trying to get my extension cord out of the garage and, <laughs> for the christmas lights i can only imagine freaking a ball of with the ropes for the boat when you're trying to get them out of the boat mm-hmm. box and you we just didn't have a we didn't have an option like i think a lot of people they get a good job and or they're on government assistance or whatever and they're comfortable mm-hmm. and for me it was like me and my wife like we literally we were like we gotta pay the bills like i dropped out of college funny what necessity does huh yeah you're just like i gotta make money and wait another one that doesn't have a college degree and is still making money and still doing okay yep yeah. Not to dump on Living you. in the prairie. <laughs> Living out in the prairie. Living in the pr- hashtag prairie life. Hashtag so prairie you guys life. have a lot going on right now. Like you have a launch coming up next week. Yep. Let's talk about that. Talk about what you're doing. You're just back from China. I know you've been doing a lot yep. of stuff back and forward to China. China. What's this all about? Talk to us. China. 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 Yeah. So I'll finish the seller lab story and then get into what happened next, I guess, since we're, since we're doing that. So yeah. So after Snackshot kind of collapsed, like me and my business partner kind of had some, uh, some uh, tension and we saw things differently and I really wanted to run a completely different company than he did. And so um, he decided, we, we agreed on a price, he bought me out. And part of that uh, agreement was to, I got to take Snackshot because it didn't have enough cash to just buy me out all the way. And I was like, Snackshot's still this thing, I still want to turn it into something cool. And uh, so we took that out and I also, we had also started an Amazon business doing private label as well um and we we um so i ended it was great actually because i got like cash and i got snag shout and i i got to take the amazon business as well and i was like this is awesome and i didn't have to and i got to pick the employees i wanted so i picked my favorite my my best employees that i like the most so like Mm -hmm. the two guys that were there when i started that were actually working with me in the basement I took them, and then I took uh, Mark, our, our, so Ben and Tavish and Mark, I took these three guys with me, and then I ended up bringing my brother-in-law over like a year later, and so I like assembled kind of this dream team, and we started kind of looking at like what was happening in Amazon and, and what was changing, and like the review policy was great for consumers, but it sucked for mm-hmm. merchants, right? <laughs> And like buy reviews now, and and so they started like changing. Not, not only have they done that, but they've updated their search algorithms. Like it used to be really easy to rank in Amazon, and now it's like way harder. And just like Google, it's gotten harder to get your website to rank mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they and they and the thing that Amazon really I do not like them for is that as a as a customer, it's great, but as a merchant, you spend now you run ads on Amazon and you do all this stuff to get a customer, but they don't share any of the information with. They don't give you no analytics whatsoever. They're starting to give you a little analytics, but they don't give you any buyer data. So uh, they, they used to give you the name, the address, and the phone number. So somebody's buying from you, and you don't know who's buying. You don't. You don't know anything about them. Like oh. you don't. Know, you know their first name, and maybe their their city. So Amazon collects it all, and then Amazon does all the shipping on the back end. Still, so you don't get a customer when you sell a product on Amazon. You don't get a customer. You're literally. It's almost like selling. The, it's basically like selling to Walmart. They so own like, all the customers. They own all the customer, right? 
And so what we Which is have, where the, probably the real value is. That is where the real value is. There's a reason he's worth what he's worth. Yes. There's a reason why Bezos is the richest freaking <laughs> no. dude in the world. And still, even after giving 50% away. Yeah, even yeah. after getting divorced, he's still so rich, right? So, so what we've been developing is basically, it's called, the, the platform is MassView. And so what we've done is we've been working on a new way to leverage Amazon and all of the good stuff that Amazon has but not deal with all of the crap that you that comes with Amazon. So the mm-hmm. idea is that Amazon, I actually personally believe that if it wasn't for what we're developing, I wouldn't even want to sell a product on Amazon anymore. I would just go straight to Shopify and like put yeah. my put my own stuff on there because I own the customer. But the thing is is that Amazon, they have a freaking amazing reputation and they have an amazing logistics program a buy from amazon every other yeah day. right well and a pretty good monopoly going too. and it's so way I mean, it's way easier for me to acquire you as a customer uh if i am on amazon than if i send you to my own website to say it lends some legitimacy mm-hmm. right yes yeah. yeah and so what we've done with Matthew is we've basically been building a lot of uh, advertising stuff to allow you to um, work on Facebook and different things like that to acquire a customer. But then we, we've been building like chat bots and a bunch of really cool stuff that work inside Facebook Messenger and all of these things. And we are, we're basically giving people the ability to give cashback rebates and coupon codes and get and build your email list. And it's like a communication tool and a chat tool hmm. that allows you to, to start your Amazon business. Uh, like, be, like basically like you're, you're going out, you're running ads on Facebook and then, or any other social media channel for that matter, and then you are able to get them to give you email address, engage with you, and we have, we have like lots of different things. So we haven't given up on the idea of the snag shout idea, which is basically having somebody do something for this deal. So we even have this idea of, you know, I'm gonna give you a $20 rebate on my product, but I need you to record a video about ah, it. Okay. I need you to do a Facebook post. I, I like need that. You to do like more guerrilla tactics. Right. And so we we've so so Snagshot is like our consumer facing brand, but then Massview is our our oh, merchant facing brand. We've done a lot of so of is tools Massview there. the e-commerce? No, that Massview is the is the e-commerce kind of seller that's platform. The, that's the other second company you took when you left. Seller no, Massview. Oh no no no, sorry, no, that was a completely different company. That company was called Next Distributions, and that company uh, it's great. It does like a million dollars a year Sweet. on Amazon, and we sell fitness stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, and uh, we're hopefully going to get into Walmart in a few months. I believe I have one of those products. So, at oh, the, yeah. the gym I work out at, all of the clips, they, they yeah. used to keep them at the front desk. And I was like, no, I carry my little bag onto the, sh- the floor, you know, the ones I put yep. on the end. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was uh, it was Brennan that told me that you uh, that was one of your products. Yeah, that's our main product <laughs> is that we sell this weight, this weight clip. Basically, it's like a weight clip, but it's different. It's a collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it, uh, it attaches to the, mm-hmm. yeah. And I bought it off Amazon. Yeah, twelve bucks. And then what's one of theirs? Well, the Library. brand name ones were like fifty or sixty bucks yep. a pop. <laughs> yep. Jeez. And it says made in China on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it just uh, needs to hold. Just needs to hold the weight on. As long as it doesn't fall on me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we, so yeah, that business that spun out, but we've used that. I've used that as like a, and I have a different business partner on that actually. That's a whole different story. But, um, but we've used that business to, yeah, a lot of juggling. I mean, it all kind of like comes into one hole, right? So, like, most of my businesses are all about like an e commerce product and like selling a product. Yeah. That's like kind of my laboratory. How many businesses are you involved with right now? Freak. 
Um, Lots. So I have three businesses that are Amazon private label type business. I wouldn't call them private label, but they're Amazon brands. They're brands that we sell a product, we import, we manufacture, and then we sell it. And then I have the the snack shop mass feeding. That's one company basically. Yeah. There's just two brand names, so that's four. And then I'm working on a meal planning app. Cool. As well. Ooh. So. So yeah. Interesting. Before we jump into that, because I know he's interested. So. <laughs> It's shut, up, shut up, Stephen. Shut up, Stephen. All you ever say. I didn't say shut up. You I said it in a nice way. Before we jump into that, because I know you're excited. <laughs> I acknowledge your excitement. Uh, three companies. Do you have teammates? We're getting into the leadership. So 2020, yeah. right? On O2E is about leadership, right? Yep. So you have managers in place of each of these companies. You got teams under each of these companies. How many are under the Paul Johnson umbrella? <laughs> Yeah, so of all of my companies besides Snagshot and Massview, which is one thing, it's under it's Snagit is the LLC. For Snagit. That. Um, I like things that end in it. Um, all of my companies, uh, I have a partner that owns fifty percent. Okay. And they they do a lot of the management on that side of things. Okay, so you're more the silent partner. I things. mean, I work like with the meal planning app. I'm. My, me and my brother-in-law are actually working on that together and we are very I'm very hands-on in that one but but yeah I try to I, my goal is to have a partner that that runs the business so the 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 biggest business that's not you know the software would be the the fitness thing mm-hmm. and Patrick Muir is my partner on that and he he freaking runs the crap out of that business like he's great right? and so it's a small business just me and him yeah it's, just, it's, it's an app you said no, that's that's a different one. This is oh. the this is the uh, fitness product. Yeah. Oh, okay. so essentially, a, there's obviously an arrangement in place. So you bring in the capital, and they're bringing this the sweat equity, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and, and the way that we do it, the way that I try to structure the deal is basically like whenever I start with somebody, is like, um, I'll I'll consult you, I'll work with you, and then I will give you, I you don't get paid until I get my money back basically and then and then we start taking profit smart out of the business so yeah that's a sweet deal that's yeah. how we do put it put the work in on the front end and yep then the back end you're you're laughing all the way to the bank and, and, and a lot of our a lot of our and you know and, and to Brandon's credit like that was kind of how he that's how we set up Seller Labs because he had money. so I had somebody that had a mm-hmm. little bit of money to invest in, in Seller Labs when we got started mm-hmm. and everything and, and the e-commerce business um Really seller labs because most of the software we grinded it out, but he put in a, some extra money to get that one going, and uh, that was how we did it. We was like, you know, I'll put in extra money to hire an extra programmer or two mm-hmm. or whatever, and then once we get, once you get paid back, like once I get paid back, then we'll take money Start out of the business. Money. Interesting. So cool. I love that structure. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I like it too. That's something to think about. All right, so let's go down the fitness journey. Yeah, I'm going to start this yeah. by asking, how tall are you? Uh. And With this, shoes on, 5'8", like 5'7 and a half. So you're 5 foot 8, and I already know the answer to this, but for the people that are listening, how much weight did you lose? Over 80 pounds. I know That's people crazy. that are 5 foot 8 that are 100 pounds. Yeah. How? So let's focus on the health journey. What the heck yeah. prompted it, and how did you do that? Oh, yeah. So um, so after, after kind of selling the company and moving out here to Washington, uh, I had just been grinding on business for so long and I was like 200 and I mean the highest I weighed in was 241 but I was probably higher because you, you just Lord. quit yelling 
Oh, I'm quite yelling, quit brain. looking. I mean, yeah. that's as heavy as I was. I'm six one. Yeah. And at two. That was not muscular. At two fifty, I was I was carrying a gut. I mean, it was yeah. visible. I just and I'm six foot four. And I'm not in a yeah. Not yeah. to be derogatory in any way, but I can't imagine that much weight on you. Oh, it was no. terrible. Now that I, now that I've seen every day, I you actually know? saw a video. I did Google and I saw a video of him being interviewed, and I'm like, that's not the same guy. I had to yeah. like, <laughs> pause and look. Yeah, like go back and forth and look. I'm like, wait a second. I don't think it's. I think that is the same. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations. Squint the same. I like that. That really is spectacular that you lost that much weight. So what was the genesis? How did you off. do it? And yeah, how are you keeping it off. So the funny thing is, um, I always grew up fat, actually. And right before I got married, I lost. Um, I was two thirty, and I got down a little bit lighter than I am now things oh, will do for women huh yeah and and that was like you know 12 years ago or 13 years ago when i lost the weight and then so i knew i could do it and i had just had the kids and done the business and everything and so we got out here and i was actually sitting down with my brother-in-law the same one i started the meal planning app with and he was 350 pounds and he and he said something to me he said um he said, we were eating Mexican food, actually, and pounding chips. And he said, Paul, if I was you and I had, like, the money and the time and everything, I would just, like, hire a personal trainer and, like, just do everything that I could to get into shape. And I was like, okay, like, why don't I do that? Like, I've already done it before. And so I joined the gym and I got a personal trainer. And honestly, I went through, like, four, like, the personal trainers kept quitting the gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, because that's what they do because they don't get paid enough. Yeah. Which um, was it? Which it was gym? Move. Yeah. 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 yeah they, they have a high turnover. They have a high trainers, turnover rate. Unfortunately. The trainers weren't really that helpful, honestly. I'm not going to lie. But the thing was, I was just like, I'm going to lose this weight. And I knew what to do, which was. And I've come through a big journey on like my ideas of weight loss and fitness mm-hmm. since then. But I basically knew that I needed to move more and eat less, mm-hmm. right? And like, Simple, right? And like, that was it. Yeah. Talk about it. caloric intake, right? Yeah. yeah, it was just being a deficit. And um, and so I just kind of decided I was going to do it. And I had been wanting to do it for a long time. And I was just like, I'm not, I, like, there was, it was a good time in my life where I didn't have, I kind of just sold something. I wasn't like really big into like this new mm-hmm. stuff. And so I just kind of hit it really hard. And I lost most of the weight in a year. And then last year I lost a little bit more and I'm trying, I'm like, right now I'm on that, like, how do I want to do- like, I'm doing jujitsu now. I started that last year. So much fun. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a great, like you got to find stuff. I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were like talking yeah. about, uh, it was like a couple of months, like a couple of weeks ago. And you were saying like, you don't like going to the gym. You don't like yeah, move. Is some, just like, <sighs> right. And I agree. Like I snowboard. And I do jujitsu. Like, those are my two things. But I try to, every day, just burn 500 calories. Just somehow. move, yeah. Yeah, just, I'll, I'll go run four miles if I have to. I'll just be like, yeah. all right, I got to go do something. Because it takes 45 minutes for me to, like, hit up four miles. Like, yeah. And so I'm like, all right, like, I'm going to go do that. It's going to suck for, like, the first 10 minutes. And then after that, it's going to be good. So, yeah, that's my thing. And then my, my big tip for weight loss is uh, I love intermittent fasting, actually. Mm. I think it's freaking amazing. So. It's, it's funny. Some some gurus, so one of my favorite gurus, actually, is a guy called James Smith. Okay. And he shits all over fasting. He's like, just call it not eating. He's like, you're just creating a, ca- a calorie deficit in yeah. a different way. And it's like, hey, if somebody wants to call it fasting, I'm fine with it. But the, um, the benefits of fasting metabolically are just insane. Like 24 hours of fasting 
can add a huge percentage of HGH, natural HGH, in males. Yeah. So you've got HGH, of course, you actually are stronger after a 24-hour fast than if you've fed the night before to lift weights. Hmm. It's insane. And I'm a big proponent of it. I do a 24-hour fast every week. Yep. Once once a week, 24 hours, no food. And people think you're crazy for they it. They do think you're crazy. But I'm like, look, I eat dinner at 8 o'clock. I skip breakfast. I work through lunch. Don't have dinner the next night. And then I eat at 8 o'clock yep. the next night. Yep. You know, and it's... Is that usually what you do as well? So my feeding window, fast? what I do is most of the time... Like today, I haven't eaten anything yet. So I will probably... I'm going to take my after this podcast. I'm going to go meet my wife and take my kids to jujitsu, and then I'm going to do jujitsu. I may eat before then, but I probably won't. I'll probably mm-hmm. go into jujitsu completely fasted, and I won't eat till eight. You won't get dizzy tonight. No, like once you get used to it. Like if your body's used to running on sugar, yeah, and you lose the sugar, you're going to be like oh. crash initially. But, yeah. but once you get used to running on running on um, you know just running on real food, like it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. So can I stay yeah, on this yeah, topic? Yeah. When it comes to fasting and even not drinking water, for long spells of my childhood, I did it by accident. Yeah, so I was sent too. to school with money for lunch. But I had sports at lunch. So a lot of times I still had that money in my pocket and I wanted to spend it on the weekend rather than buying lunch anyway. So I was going 12 hours throughout the day without eating. I would eat breakfast before I left, but then I was going these... Before I came home at night, sometimes I didn't get home from school till 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So there was already that window of fasting, right? And then drinking water. I don't know... Like, I drank a lot of milk growing up, but I'm telling you, for probably the first 18 years of my life, I was chronically dehydrated. I used to get terrible cramps Ooh. because I just didn't drink enough water. Even when I was playing sport, I'd take a sip here and there. And it's only... As an adult, I mean, I've been sitting sipping this whole podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. And now I'm hyper-conscious of constantly being hydrated. So between fasting and, and not having water in your system, I don't think I ever did damage to myself. But I think there's there's benefits to both. Your body totally. can really perform with I was gonna say, when I, not much. Was about, I didn't eat breakfast or lunch during most of my high school. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then I would come home and have a snack and then have dinner later. Yeah. It's like, and that was about it. I, I lost like 15 or 20 pounds during yeah, that. Complete that accident. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but I always felt strong. I always had energy. Yeah. And I played sports at high levels, right? So Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was science to it at that point. Mine, Nobody was, did. mine was brain sports. Deca. <laughs> Deca. I think, that there's, I think there's a myth that you need to eat like three meals a day. I don't know. It's perpetuated by cereal companies or something. Like, I don't know where it well, came from, but it's not I think true. it came from when, and this is going to sound sexist, but it came from when men were much more active in terms of yes. men working in the fields and mm-hmm. manual labor. They were in pits, coal mining. They were, no, were farming. They were, so you know, many calories. Now machines do everything. Yeah. You're sitting in yeah. The men that, even when you're making cars. So if you were making cars in the 1920s, it was manual labor, That's right? True. Yeah. Now yeah. you're sitting behind a computer pressing buttons, watching lasers do it for you. You don't need as much food. So we don't. We need a fraction of the calories that people needed when they were sleeping in colder conditions, because that obviously burns calories when they were being exposed to these conditions over and over and over again. And what they were doing every day, they were burning three, four, five thousand calories in a day. Yep. Yeah. And we're not doing that anymore unless we're supplementing what we normally do with exercise and different yeah, things. Tons of exercise. So does your yeah. does your wife do meal prep with you? Do you guys do any of that type of stuff? Or do you just know like these are like the types of meals that we know that we like now that are healthy? Yeah, so honestly, my wife's gonna kill me if she listens to this. Um, she hasn't been 
on board really with the with, like that was like probably one of the things that took me so long was that I basically was like you know what I'm doing this I don't give a damn if anybody else is doing it with me yeah, or not for me. Yeah. and and uh, you get a lot of pushback from other people in your social circle when you start changing your eating habits and everybody like kind of freaks out but eventually they get supportive and they're like oh yeah mm-hmm. I'll help you on that and then sometimes and my wife is in this case too she just had a baby but now she's like, yeah, she's trying to get healthy yeah. too. Want to lose the baby weight you're Yeah, shoulders. right. Yeah. And so they they will kind of move along with you. But mm-hmm. that's another reason why fasting is so good because like if you go to a family function and everyone like the only thing to eat is like crap. Yeah. If you're used to just not eating, you're like, okay, well, I'm just not gonna eat. Like yeah. I'm just gonna avoid. So in the same vein, so we were talking about your family a little bit. I was gonna say it's like six kids and marriage and losing weight. Yep. And go like dedication to go to the gym and run a company and like work. <laughs> My head is spinning. It's like trying to juggle all those things is a lot. It is a lot. So, how do you effectively do it? Or maybe you don't effectively do it. Yeah. And you can be honest. We no, want to I will be honest. Um, I just had a really long conversation with my wife about uh, managing time and everything and like putting more time with the kids. And stuff like that. Uh, one thing that I'll say is that our company is entirely remote besides Brendan. Mm-hmm. So we use a tool called Basecamp that basically I will... So I believe in asynchronous communication. So the idea is that um, not everything needs to be said like we are right now. Yeah. This is a very good for high bandwidth yep. learning and stuff like that. But most of the tasks in our company, I can either write it down or I can record like a five-minute video and and give it to somebody and then it's done right Mm -hmm. and so that's the first thing that's one of the reasons why i'm able to get so much done is because i just basically like make a task for somebody tell them to do it and asynchronously communicate so i don't waste a bunch of time chit-chatting i guess there's a term for this it's essentialism we talked about it before greg McKeown. what is say no to and how many times do you get an email that you have to go to a meeting and you sit in a meeting for an hour and you're like jesus christ i could have literally read a five minute email and Known everything that you've just thrown at. Yeah, so we have one meeting a week in my company. One scheduled meeting, and it's like an hour. You don't go to the extremes like guys like uh, Dan Price in Seattle. He makes, if you're going to speak at a meeting, you have to be in a plank position so you can only do it for as long as you can plank. We don't do that. We don't do that. That would be crazy. I might start doing that. That would be so tough. So. It keeps everything short and sweet. It's It'd be super quick. Yeah. Especially if you're me. Yeah. So that's the one thing that I do. And then the other thing is I try to combine stuff. Like, so like, mm. for example, I love jujitsu. My kids do jujitsu now. Like, we're going to go, jiu- we're gonna go yeah. do jujitsu, right? Like on Saturdays, I just signed up the kids for snowboarding camp. Cool. So nice. we're all going Which to snowboarding mountain? camp. Mouse Spokane because it's yeah. like. Which gym right are you there. going to? Warrior camp or? Uh, I go to newborn jujitsu. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Is that a Gracie school? No, it is. It's. It is, man, I could talk a lot about jiu-jitsu. Do you, yeah. How much do you know about jiu-jitsu? I lived with a couple of professional MMA fighters in Chicago when I lived there, so I know more than I should. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I know that everybody claims to be descendant of some Gracie. Yeah, so, and I'm <laughs> going to get this wrong because I've only been doing it for a year, but but there's, and maybe Brendan knows, um, so the two Gracies, there were two brothers, uh, Helio and another one, and and most people are descendant of Helio, but ours is actually... Of a different one. So Walter Cascal was actually mm-hmm. the guy. He's my so James Weed is our black belt. Walter Cascal was his black belt. 
and then he goes up to you trace your lineage yeah. back to a Gracie. It's like dogs, right? It's yeah. like everybody has a pedigree of yeah, one Gracie or another pedigree. Gracie. So there is a Gracie <laughs> in there. But yeah, we have uh, so uh, Michael Chiesa trains at our gym, so he's like I know the, Michael, yeah. yeah he's like, no, I'm well actually trying to get him on here. That's cool. Chiesa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chiesa then. Has his number, I think. Yeah, I got it. I know him pretty well. And Daniel Spitz is another guy. So, like, those guys are all out of Sig Jitsu, which is basically, they're like, that's their MMA mm-hmm. thing. But, um. So, but do yeah. you remember Andre Orlovsky? No. The the Russian big, I mean, he was, mm-hmm. he was. Brendan follows MMA. He had me night. by two or three inches, and he okay. was built like this, and he had the more. So, him and the girl he was dating, her name was Patricia. She was from Russia, and Poland, sorry, Eastern Bloc, somewhere over there. He was Russian. That's what it was. And she chased me while she was dating him. Okay. I thought he was going to murder me because we were all part of the same social circle. <laughs> and she would hit on me and I'm like, you can't do this. Like, he will rip me apart limb from limb. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then my buddy started a company, him and his wife, they started a company called Fight Chicks. Okay. So I don't know if you've heard of it, but they sell um, female orient. They were the first company to really sell female MMA gear and um, so I mean I've still got a bunch of their gear and I still visit them when I go to Chicago so I was Mm. super involved in MMA went to a lot of the little shows and where they were doing promotions and just supporting them and then I had the two roommates that were uh, professional fighters so that's cool I've done a little jiu-jitsu I don't enjoy rolling around with other you don't men enjoy I, it? I'm, I'm a boxer I like to box oh, okay. we did some boxing training I love, some boxing? I love yeah, striking I'm not into the wrestling stuff it's like nah don't touch me dude I don't want to roll around with you yeah that's my, my <laughs> brother tight little shorts <laughs> my brother-in-law Jesse the one who was 350 he's down to like 248 now oh, good so um, but he's doing Muay Thai how he, tall is he he's like six I think so. He's a big okay. guy. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. he's, he's a big big big, 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 big unit, big, as Stephen would say. Big unit. Let me show you Andre Arlovsky here. If it goes, we he's can not, we can cut. Oh, he was a monster. See, this is how mm. I'm not. I'm like I'm this guy. Into. So this guy was going to murder me because his girlfriend oh wanted gosh. to. Dude, and I'm dude. like, listen, leave me alone. Yeah, is he's he? still and he's he's got to be pushing guy? fifty. He's old. Yeah. And his girlfriend must be young if she's sitting on you. Here, I'll give, you, his, I'll give you his weight and everything in here. So he's six foot four, two hundred and forty six pounds, pure muscle. That's Look me. at him. That was me. I'm six foot four. I was two forty. Dude, yeah. you could be. You could be. You should come to the gym, man. You yeah. Can murder, dude. Yeah. See, this is. You were just talking about this. Like you were like, there's a lot of your background I don't know and this kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's because we're usually talking about other stuff. Yeah. You gotta um, move on past the other stuff and oh, get to the good stuff. I've still got notes in here. So oh, yeah. we I'm trying to think what else we wanted to ask you about, but if we move on from fitness now, what's next for you guys? So your companies are obviously doing all right, you've got some new concepts. In terms of leadership, what's next for you? Because you're obviously growing, you're adding people all the time, you've yeah. got your employees. Uh for me, a couple of things that are next. Number one, I have a like I have these new ventures that I really wanna get done. With, with like the meal planning app and stuff like that. Um, as far as like structure of companies, hmm. one thing, <laughs> one thing, I mean, I'm so in the middle of everything right now that I haven't really been, it's more like I want to birth these babies. Yeah. Like if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. that's like, I have Matthew that I'm really trying to birth and Munch is the meal planning app that I'm really trying to birth and, and get them out there. Gosh, this sounds bad. This is like very un-American of me. But one of the things that I've really been getting good at has been um, 
uh, working with people in the Philippines and working with people in the Ukraine as well. There's nothing on American about that. I've been very, uh, I've been very interested in you know continuing to grow my team out there. So I have like my core group mm. of Americans that I love to work with. Oh, I but, see. Yeah. But I've been I've been really looking at that, and I'm trying to figure out how to build leadership over there, especially in the Philippines. So I've been to the Philippines a couple of times. Amazing but, uh, people, but it's tough. Hmm? I, I, I know a, a gentleman over there too. I'll just see if he's over yeah. there. And he's like a tech coder guy too. Oh, that's over cool. There. Yeah, I, I would know. love to know that person. So that's one thing Good I've been trying dude. to do is find is like build up the leadership over there. Um, one of the things in, in the software world that I realized is like computers can only take you so far and you still need a human mm-hmm. to do it. And so that's where I've been trying to really build up our, our managed services team to help uh, to help these e-commerce merchants where the, where the software can't take them anymore. And then the other really big thing that I've been getting into is education of, of being like, I used to hate the idea of like online internet marketing, like courses and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I always thought it was like those late night infomercials where somebody was teaching you how to sell real estate or something like that. And now I'm realizing that it's, it's very, if you can get somebody to actually purchase your content and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and pay for it they're so much more likely to actually consume what you're trying to teach and you can affect change in them so much more. And so I'm flirting with the idea of doing that. Like we've been recording mm-hmm. so much content for like- We see it purposes. every day. Yeah. yeah, you guys do a lot. So so what I love about that is it's super smart even though you're not, you, I have the same visceral reaction like, oh God, somebody's trying to sell me a real estate course or yeah. something at midnight. Yep. Well, nobody watches TV anymore. You have to be where people are consuming information. And people yep. are consuming information on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Yep. And if you're not putting short... Like Gary Vee, yeah, he's, he's the king of it, right? It he he puts short, sharp stuff out there. A minute and a half <laughs> snippet. If you want to see more, click here. Yep. Right? That's the model. That's what people want. And you have to be where people are consuming the information. And they're not buying DVDs and buying books and reading books. They're doing Audible. Yep. They're doing podcasts. They're doing video and that's how people consume that mm-hmm. and if you're not there you're going to get left behind so with your webinar that's coming up yeah sounds like you're online is this a series you guys are doing a webinar series or what is uh, it and uh, what is the topic oh, man, around can, it and... yeah so I, mean, I can get really deep with you guys on this but um the idea is that basically we are we've been really secretive actually so if you're listening to this podcast you might have learned more than what we've uh, put out everywhere else but um, well, this goes out the 13th which is just a couple of days okay. before your it's launch not that so big of a deal. but uh but basically we found that it's that people get really intrigued when you kind of hold a lot of stuff yeah. back right but but <laughs> the excitement I, but the idea is basically like last year we decided to launch an amazon business and we brought brendan with us to record everything and so we went to china and we recorded uh, we started here actually in, at my at my shop I had like a little office there and then here and we were like what are we going to sell what product are we going to do and then we went to China and we started actually sourcing we were looking at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu stuff and MMA mm-hmm. gear actually <laughs> what we started with and then Same. and we went to factories and we were in the factories that make like Venom and Hayabusa and like a lot of the big brands and stuff like that and then the other product that we were looking at was actually magnetic eyeliner of all things so the reason why is a long story i'm not going to get eyelashes or eyelashes and eyeliner so you can put these fake eyelashes on with these magnetic eyeliner when did eyelashes and eyebrows become such a thing thing, man it's such a thing 
And so, so we went to China on the. Do you hunt. have any? And can we put them on Steven? I don't have any right <laughs> now. Put a picture. I wish I have some video of me trying them. We're going to do that. But yeah, so we went to China and we were, we were like, okay, how do we find how do we find this stuff? And then we kind of got there and we struck out on the magnetic. We found a bunch of factories that make eyelashes, but nobody had what we wanted. And then we struck out on the and the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We found some good factories, but the pricing just wasn't the margins just weren't there for uh-huh. us. And so we ended up doing. Uh, we were at the Canton Fair, which is the largest. Um, it's the largest sourcing conference in the world. So all the factories in China, well, not all, but a lot of the factories in China like go to this 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 huge thing. It's like ten million square feet. It's mm-hmm. freaking insane. Crazy. And you can go Days. there, and you can just you, you can. They have three phases. You can, and they have like an electronics phase. They have a clothing phase, a home phase. You go to the phase, and you're like, I want, I want to look at light bulbs. And and actually, that's the funny thing is that we ended up. I was like wandering around the fair. And I found the supplier that was selling these really cool LED Edison bulb huh. type things. And I had a couple years ago back at Seller Labs, we had outfitted our office with light fixtures. And we spent, and actually here, all these freaking cool, yeah. all these cool bulbs. They're and they're yeah. crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Let's do lighting fixtures. And so the product that we decided to do was like the niche we chose was around lighting fixtures and we recorded all of that. Um, and that's actually not what the webinar is about, which is what you asked me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but the idea was that while, we were, while we were doing it, we learned like so many things have changed on Amazon because we were kind of like starting over from scratch, like a new business. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow, like this Amazon thing is way harder. Like you can't give away, pro- like you can't do the incentivized reviews as yeah. well. Like you can't rank in All Amazon. these hoops now. There's like all this competition. Like, th- like there's a new seller. There's a, literally 136 new sellers sellers on Amazon every hour like it's crazy how many people are coming in and we were like okay we gotta like rethink everything and so the webinar is basically us like we've we've developed this new strategy which I kind of alluded to a little bit Mm -hmm. earlier but it's basically this new way to do Amazon Hmm. and and then we have the software built all around it and so that's what we're kind of that's what we're launching with MassView and what we'll do is we'll actually the first webinar will be on the 16th and then we're actually going to do a live webinar every week hopefully for the rest of this year that's cool really? and cool. so we'll do one every thursday hopefully from here people on i don't know Amazon probably a lot what? from here yeah and so the idea is that we will we've got the facebook ads all dialed in now and we basically will get um our leads in and then we'll mm-hmm. and then we'll do a webinar every every week and we'll we'll basically pitch our we'll see what we've done and then we'll pitch our our uh, software and everything and and the cool thing about doing it live is that it it basically like help because i could like record the videos and just have yeah. it evergreen but it focuses the entire company on on that singular event like every thursday we're selling that's cool that's cool so you could that, be doing it from the mountain if you're skiing with the yeah I, if we're traveling we might do a recording but yeah. for the most part we're going to try to hit one every week and, and focus on that and then we can just perfect the pitch, right? Like yeah. we can just keep on modifying well, it. We can learn see what... and modifying yeah. software. I'm sure. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's webinars. People are like that didn't work. Exactly. Well, that's the thing that we're actually. You guys use Slack at all? Yeah. So I'm thinking about. Well, it. Stephen put stuff in it, and I don't use it. I'm. I use it for multiple projects, I not know, just I'm with joking. you. 
I'm thinking about actually allowing anyone who buys, at least in the beginning, to be a part of our of our Slack channel. Yeah, and just kick them out and then as they're buying stuff. Yeah, and... And well, the idea is that like, I know they're gonna have like a million questions, especially if you're new and you're like yeah. trying to source, and and, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be hard. But man, I lo- if you're close to your customer, yeah, that level of support would be great. And and just like the the feedback that you're gonna get from them, be like, oh, I tried Steve, this, it didn't work. Maybe we should start some uh, sourcing business, get some good product, <laughs> and start importing yeah. it. No, I think it I, honestly, like I've been sitting here and knew a little bit about what you've done, obviously talking yeah. to Brendan and you, and yeah. but it's opened my eyes. I think our listeners are gonna like this. So we're over an hour in. Yeah, and I know. I was we're still just lapping Ooh. this up, and you know that's usually a, a precursor for this is going to be a good one. But we want to be sensitive of time. I know Ben needs to get out of here, and I want to ask one more. And I don't know if you've got anything else. We're all entrepreneurial. Obviously, you've been involved in business after business and venture after venture. Tomorrow, somebody comes to you with a question and says, "Hey, I have an idea. Have a concept. Here's how I build it out. It's a good idea. Entrepreneur." what advice would you give them how would you say hey here's one thing i've learned and here's something that will serve you well throughout your business career gosh it really depends on the person and where they're at so i'm gonna give two answers all right one one is if they are if they have a great idea but they're i can tell that they're afraid that answer would the answer would be all about trying to get them to take away the fear because most people never start their business mm-hmm. because they're afraid to do just it. That's, start. that's the biggest thing. So just just freaking Crippling start. Fear, yeah. And actually the second and the second the second answer is very much like that. Basically like pick figure out your shortest way to win, like whatever that is, and then and get rid of all the extra crap that you think you need. So if you guys have read the four hour work week mm-hmm. ever so there's this thing called uh, Tim Ferriss talks about Parkinson's law. So basically, the time, the amount of time you have to do something, you'll fill it with that thing. Totally. And so basically, what I would tell them is like, all right, like Forced give yourself, efficiency. yeah, give yourself a letter gold deadline, basically to where you have to have something done by this date, which is like one of the reasons why we're doing this live mm-hmm. launch on January 16th. Like we can't miss it like we're going live in front of a bunch of people yeah and so if the tool's not ready if the marketing's not ready so you give yourself a letter gold deadline and you just hit that and you get rid of every thing that's in the way and so mm-hmm. sometimes that might mean like let's say you're doing a software product maybe that means that on the back end you literally have somebody in the philippines doing what the programmer is building right now yeah. like maybe your software product is like for example we're doing this meal planning app our meal planning app actually goes and and builds your order in the grocery store for you. So you pick the recipe, we do it. If I didn't have that built and I had my deadline for that, I would literally have a human being on the back end adding that crap to somebody's cart. Mm -hmm. Just whatever you have to do to prove that it's gonna work and give yourself the, the confidence that you're gonna make money. Because a lot of people, they get, like every time you get a like a win, a little win, it gives you a little bit more of a win. Mm-hmm. So for example, for Amazon, like don't you don't have to source a product on Amazon to give yourself faith. Like if you guys wanted to go start Amazon businesses today, like go buy something at Walmart and send it into FBA and sell it and just see the money come into your bank account. You'd be like, oh, holy crap, mm-hmm. like people buy stuff on Amazon all the mm-hmm. time. And, or, or go buy stuff at the auction. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. find something. Put something to, on there. Get something going. So that's kind of like the Richard Branson quote and I'm going to, 
paraphrase and maybe butcher it, but it's something along the lines of uh, if somebody offers you an opportunity and you don't know how to do it, yeah. take the opportunity and figure it out. Yep. 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 Yeah. So my last question will be usually with entrepreneurs, you can pinpoint uh, a passion behind their drive, right? It's like they love cars, so they launch a you know, online or a car dealership uh-huh. or they, you know, they love fitness, so they open a gym. So with you, it's a little bit of everything. Yep. So love the game. where does the drive and the passion come from? Just love the game so no, much. And it could be, I mean, I had one guy say he's like, I love trying to make money. I love making money. Well, my first business was guitars, and I was a professional guitar player, and I, I had a band and everything, and and I was up late one night, and I was watching an infomercial on CNN about people selling stuff on eBay, and I was like, ooh, that's cool. I want money. Yeah. What do I love? Oh, guitars. And so I started selling guitars on, on eBay, and that led me to the passion of e-commerce, which 90%, and even my meal planning app is very much around e-commerce actually. And so my passion is selling products on the internet. And then the other passion that I'm really starting to develop is like, just, I love seeing other people succeed. Mm-hmm. So I like helping other people and, and see cool. their businesses cool. grow and, <laughs> and everything. So those are my two I like it. passions. So how do people find you now for this webinar coming up? What's your social media handles, all that fun yeah, stuff? Yeah, MassView. Uh, Mass, M-A-S-S, View, V-I-E-W.com. That's on Instagram. Cool. On, we'll tag all that when we're doing yeah. releases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so we're there. You can get on the email list and everything. Even if you just want to follow our journey, we're, we're going to be releasing all the content that we filmed as well that's going to be under a different name but okay. it'll still be under Massview but we have like a has like a code name the code name is New Mogul so New Mogul oh we gotta tell you gotta tell you what New Mogul is before we go alright okay alright so a New Mogul is something this is actually uh, coined by Jesse but basically a New Mogul is somebody who just lives life on their own terms so you guys I would consider you guys new moguls okay. actually so basically like I'll take it you're not you're not necessarily I'm a new mogul you're mogul. not necessarily tied down to an office like you're kind of in control of your own destiny mm-hmm. or whatever and and so the new mogul series like what we've been recording with Brendan is literally us just trying to like build that passive income like showing people mm-hmm. how it's done so cool. love that's, it. that's what yeah. it is that's what a mogul is right yeah. Yeah, a, mogul a mogul decides what they want to work on but it's a new, we're the new mogul because we're doing it in the 21st century there with the go. internet, with the interwebs. I like it. The e-commerce. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you for giving us your technology. Yeah. So we're going to have video, like we said. And Thank you, Brendan, for being um, on the back yep. end. Yeah. That is Brandon, wonderful. go put yourself in front of the camera real quick. So if you yeah. Want to spin it around. Wee. You want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> nope. I already got some video that he we'll does. put up. I did this That's quite common for people behind the camera that yeah. want to be behind the camera. Yeah, he does. Um, appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. Just sharing a little bit. I'm sure we'll have... More opportunities. I want to tune into the webinar. Mm-hmm. If you get the chance, we'd love you to rate and review us. Uh, everything helps. Helps us mm-hmm. with Apple and Google and SoundCloud heard. and all these algorithms. We don't have any freebies to give you, though. Yeah, we, we can't. Well, we can't Ben will buy you a beer if you give us a five-star review. Yeah, I'll buy you a beer. I think you're going to get lots of reviews. <laughs> if you, What's your email address? Yeah, it's stephen.brown at ehps. Wow. <laughs> that was almost correct as yeah. well. Yeah, so uh, if you can review his reviews, and until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.
Now. Nah.